Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kenny Pickett deserves all the flowers in the world for how he's playing late in games. I mean, again, he, he leads the Steelers back in the fourth quarter. It was awesome. Uh, but you can't really do that unless your defense makes huge plays for you in the game, right, and keeps you in it. And the Steelers had another example of that with TJ Watt. Now, was he playing corner on this play? Like, I, I'm not surprised that Matt Stafford threw this pick because TJ Watt comes flying out of somewhere in, like, the middle, second level of the defense, intercepts the football, runs it right down near the goal line. I mean, that was an awesome play. And, Allison, you actually talked to TJ Watt for a story on Steelers Wire. You had a, a recent post about uh, Nick Herbig. Uh, yes. And uh, you have more coming, but you actually talked to TJ Watt about that play. What'd you What'd you learn from him? Yeah, he said he, he was dropping into coverage. He was trying to be as visible as possible, you know, having his eyes on the quarterback the whole time and kind of understanding that that is the quarterback's looking away. If he doesn't, you know, he eventually if he doesn't throw the ball, he's going to try and deliver back across the field. So he says he was working his way back towards his progression, and it just started. He threw the ball. He said he was breaking on the ball, and he was able to catch it in stride. Um, he's, he said he was kicking himself though, because he, you know, he wanted another touchdown. Hey there, everybody. Welcome into the show. And thanks for joining us this week on the Steelers Wire podcast. We are powered by the USA Today Network and available wherever you get your podcasts. So join us weekly all season. You can subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend or a family member. That's the, the best way you can support us. If you like what you hear, we appreciate you. I'm excited to welcome back to the program, Allison Kohler. She's one of the Steelers Wire writers. I'm sure a lot of people know. Uh, hi, Allison. How are you this week? Hey, Ryan. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, of course. Anytime. I told you we were going to bug you again, right? And I, I, wasn't, yeah. I was not lying. <laughs> uh, can you believe right. the Steelers are four and two right now? To be honest with you, I, I'm pretty, pretty surprised, but you know. Anything happen in the NFL, right? Yeah, I, know. I mean, it's crazy. They were talking about this on the Get Up program this morning. We're recording on Thursday here that their opponents are 23 and 17. Uh, so they've had a really tough schedule. No team on the schedule so far, Allison, has less than three wins. And that's going to continue wow. when they play the Jaguars this week, five and two, right? So what stood out to you about this game against the Rams? Any One thing that stuck out to me is that the Steelers won the toss and, and took the ball, right? Mike Tomlin kind of yeah. downplayed that a little bit. But you have to think that surprised me, you know, if they'd at least maybe gotten the three points or something out of it, you know what I mean? That's one thing, but they, they didn't, you know what I mean? It was three and out and they were sack on Kenny Pickett. And it was just like, you know, it's sort of set the tone for like the first, I don't know, three quarters. Yeah, 100 percent. I, I got to think that part of it was Tomlin being like, and I know he didn't say this after the game, but it was like trying to light a fire under the offense's ass, Allison, just like get, get out there and set the tone for a change, right? But, you know, another <laughs> another one of those games where the, the defense kind of holds the rope until Kenny Pickett and company can kind of get their act together late in the game, right? And it's it's making yeah. for some, some really entertaining football. I'll tell you that. But, I mean, you got to think, Allison, if the Steelers, who are four and two, if they can just put together a full game, they haven't played a full four-quarter game yet, right? No. So you got to imagine, like, nope. with the way the defense is playing T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, now Joey Porter Jr. is coming on. I mean, if the mm -hmm. Steelers could figure it out and play a four-quarter game, I mean, they're going to be a bear to deal with, even though it doesn't feel like they're a legit four and two. I think we all feel yeah. that way. But, man, if they could just figure out a way to put it together there, especially on offense, they're going to be tough to deal with. Yeah, I, I agree. They just need to, you know, they just need to 
just open some things up. I mean, it's, you know, we got Deontay back, you know, like you said, and he was, he had a great game and, you know, they're, they're, they're figuring out ways to incorporate George Pickens better. And, uh, you know, the, the little bit of the run game got going, you know, at Naj had said a couple of weeks ago, like right after the, during the bye week that he was suggesting plays to Matt Canada. <laughs> so of course, yes. apparently there was a couple of those in there. So, and they need to get him more involved. I mean, not to go off topic, but, you know, they sort of need to get him more involved in the passing game. I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't be, because it seems like anytime Jalen Warren's in there, you know what I mean? Like he's a, he's an excellent blocker, but it's like, you're not really throwing off the defense a little bit, you know, very much, you know what I mean? When you, when you, when you, when it seems like every time Jalen Warren's in there, they're going to pass, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, I think they threw to him maybe a couple times this game, but, they're just not doing it as often as, as they as they could be or should be, you know what I mean? To 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 make defenses kind of like you know scratch their heads instead of like they know exactly what's going to happen, you know. So passes to the running back has been, have been such a huge part of this offense. Going back to Ben Roethlisberger, he exactly. To, he used to really feature that. So um, I, I think mm-hmm. that's that's definitely fair commentary. I mean, the, the Steelers, the way they're surviving right now, and I mean we Kenny Pickett deserves all the flowers in the world for how he's playing late in games. I mean, again, he, he leads the Steelers back in the fourth quarter. It was awesome. Uh, but you can't really do that unless your defense makes huge plays for you in the game, right? And keeps you in it. And the Steelers had another example of that with TJ Watt. Now, was he playing corner on this play? Like I, I'm not surprised that Matt Stafford threw this pick because TJ Watt comes flying out of somewhere and like the middle, second level of the defense intercepts the football Runs it right down near the goal line. I mean, that was an awesome play. And Allison, you actually talked to TJ Watt for a story on Steelers Wire. You had a, a recent post about uh, Nick Herbig. Uh, yes. And uh, you have more coming. But you actually talked to TJ Watt about that play. What you, would you learn from him? Yeah, he said he, he was dropping into coverage. He was trying to be as visible as possible, you know, having his eyes on the quarterback the whole time and kind of understanding that that is the quarterback's looking away. If he doesn't you know, he eventually, if he doesn't throw the ball, he's going to try and deliver back across the field. So he says he was working his way back towards his progression and it just started. He threw the ball. He said he was breaking on the ball and he was able to catch it in stride. Um, he's, he said he was kicking himself though, because he, you know, he wanted another touchdown, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he said he hadn't, of course. he hadn't set up blockers in a long time. You know, he said he threw it back to his days at Wisconsin when he was a tight end saying that, you know, he, he hadn't set up blockers in a while. And he thought Puka Nakua or whatever was uh, going to go – he thought Puka was going to cut back inside. So he went outside, and he's kicking himself for not just going right down the middle and, and trying to get it into the end zone. But, uh, you know, phenomenal as always. I mean, my goodness. He's, he's putting together another defensive player of the year kind of kind of season, you know, and they need it. I mean, how many games have they won because he's done things like that? Oh, it's so, I mean, with him being in the lineup and healthy, it's just so huge. You know, uh, he's missed chunks of time over the last few seasons. Yeah. He's just such a game wrecker. It's awesome. Um, having him healthy and and beat himself and he's, he's gotta be the best defensive player in football right now. I don't think there's any question about it. I know Ryan Clark was talking about that as well. I saw that on Steelers wire. Uh, did you, what else came out of that interview? Anything else interesting that you could share with us? Yeah. Yeah. He was, I mean, he was talking about, so I thought it was kind of interesting. So it was for a Snickers campaign where they're selling items uh to to be good luck charms for fans right so he was saying how his good luck charm he goes to his he's got a picture of his his late grandfather in his in his locker and he 
he looks at that before every game and kind of has like a little reflection on his career and kind of spend some time with him and in spirit, of course. And, um, and that's kind of his good luck charm, but yeah, um, no, I mean, he was just talking about, you know, like I like you'd mentioned, you know, Nick Herbig and he was, he's very humble about Nick Herbig and the influence that he's had on him so far this season. And even though, you know, they, he talked to him when they were, cause you know, Herbig went to Wisconsin as well. So they sort of had that already kind of going and he was just very much like, you know, just very extremely humble, almost too much. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, come on, TJ. Yeah, you know seriously. what I mean? Like, give us a little something here. Yeah. You know, right. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a, he can, de- you know, he, he has a career where he can definitely, you know, gloat and not that he would want, uh, maybe gloating isn't the right word, but you know, he can boast, you know, be boastful about, you know, what he's done and, you know, the, the effects that he's having on these young defenders, but he doesn't, he just said that, you know, that, uh, that Nate Herbig's been an influence on him too. I thought that was kind of interesting. And he did talk a little bit about Cam and about, you know, how, you know, it's been tough without him, you know, but he, that he wants to give him a lot of credit for being, you know, cause he's been at every game, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's, he's still, you know, I probably returned to practice obviously the other day, but you know, he's in meetings and he's talking to, you know, to his teammates and things about what's going on and what he sees. And so it's like, even though he's not playing, you know, not in the game, you know what I mean? He's in the game in a different aspect. And, and uh, I think that's been really helpful, you know, for the, for the, for the defense. Yeah. And he, he almost had to come back on the field and, and make some more crazy game saving plays, right? Because on fourth and one, did Kenny Pickett really get that fourth, that fourth no. down conversion? Allison, like, no. Yeah. Give us your honest opinion on that. <laughs> it didn't look Definitely close. Not, right. I mean, and, and if, and if the Rams, and the only reason why it was like that was because the Rams didn't have any, didn't have any timeouts to use a challenge. And, and it was, you know, there was two, I think it was literally like two, six minutes over the two minute. You know what I mean? Like there was, there was no, yeah. it wasn't inside the two minutes to where the, they could, they could challenge it. And, uh, Sean so, I mean, face. that's really what, what, what got it because it's like, they, 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 t- if, the, if the Rams would have challenged that, there's no way the spot of the ball was just poor. Sean McVay's face was just like, you've got to be effing kidding me. I mean, right. It was just, like, it was just yeah. so funny. He was so defeated. But hey, uh, the Steelers got a break. Uh, they also got another break from that uh, Brett Mayer, the kicker. Right. He was awful. Yeah. And he's the same he he's, was. He's the same guy that missed like, what was, was it four or five extra points in a row? I he think missed so. Yeah, yeah, he missed a whole lot. I don't know how that guy For has sure. a job. So, I mean. I don't either. I mean, because there's all these punters on the, you know, working at Publix or whatever. Seriously, I mean, so the Steelers better than that. They're four and two. They're getting it done late in games, but boy, they they. I mean, a little bit of a horseshoe right up the keister there. There's they there's some things that went their way in this one. Another question on the defense, Allison uh, Patrick Peterson. Now, obviously, we kind of saw this coming when we talked a couple weeks ago on the show. Uh, Mm -hmm. We talked about Joey Porter Jr. probably getting more snaps after the bye week. That's obviously happening. Uh, Patrick Mm -hmm. Peterson at uh, corner hasn't been super effective i guess you could say is that putting it nicely Uh -uh. so we play a lot of snaps at safety what do you think about that that's an interesting move yeah well i mean i i think i'm not all that surprised i mean it's 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 great you know i mean like if it to move them around but they talked about it so much during the off season that 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 was one of the things in fact he said that that his versatility tomlin said that patrick peterson's versatility was like the the reason why you know what I mean? They, they brought him to Pittsburgh. So it's not a surprise that they're moving him around. I just, you know, like be, be effective wherever you're at would, would probably be good. 
you know, like if you're going to move them around, like, you know, yeah, like, don't do, suck. Do something yeah. Else. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> yeah. If you're, it's frustrating. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, he's nothing like, I mean, I know he's, you know, he's an old man in football years and whatever, but it's like, he was tied for, I think tied for second. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was tied for second with like 20 million other dudes with five interceptions, but it's like, you know, he's, he's, he's not, he's not playing like he did even last year. You know what I mean? In Minnesota, we don't expect the Patrick Peterson of, of, you know, six or seven years ago, but I mean, you know, something would be good, you know, him moving to safety. I, I mean, I know I saw headlines on the Steelers wire this week where, you know, all the practice squad moves the Steelers are making now very well could be just standard operating procedure, right? I mean, teams make practice mm-hmm. squad moves all the time, but we are getting up on the trade deadline. Right, Allison? Yeah. So, yes. you know, Patrick Peterson, does he really have a spot on the defense? Are they trying to figure it out? He's a big name guy, yeah. veteran. Who knows? I mean, what do you think? Uh, the Steelers, they're four and two. Uh, they're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. They put themselves in a spot to go make a run, go to the playoffs and make a run this right. year. They uh, have never been a franchise that's afraid to make a splash move at the deadline, right? They're always a team that mm-hmm. you want to watch and, and say, what are they going to do? Right. What do you think? What, yeah. Are any of the moves signaling what? The Steelers might be thinking at the deadline. Do you have a take on on what some some likely names that they could ship out, ship in? Like, what are you thinking? It's hard to see them moving on from Patrick Peterson. I sort of feel like they really like him in the lo- you know it in the locker room. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, his his mentoring and his you know, guidance, you know, for all the young guys, especially Joey Porter. Um, is is worth its weight in gold you know what i mean to to an organization like the steelers i sort of feel like it would be div- maybe in the off season you know what i mean he's got a big roster bonus you know what i mean due in march or whatever so um maybe after the season i don't see him moving on from patrick peterson in season but yeah you know i guess you never know omar khan is a he's a dog you know what i mean so i mean he could uh he surprises a lot of people still you know what i mean like it, it seemed like um Kevin Colbert wasn't wasn't as much Minka Fitzpatrick trade aside, you know what I mean? Um, wasn't much, didn't do much, you know, at the trade trade deadline usually. But um, you know, Dan Moore, you know what I mean? I think it's sort of a name we could we could watch. You know, Broderick Jones had a, had a really good start. He, I think he's again limited snaps, but you drafted him where you drafted him for a reason. You know, you traded up to get him for a reason he's the future, you know, at the tackle position, Dan Moore, I think is, is inconsistent as he is tackles with starting experience. Like he's had are hard to come by, (laughs) you know? And if a team is hard up for a tackle, he could, he might be somebody that, that could be on his way out, but that's sort of wishful thinking. You know, I think a lot of Steelers fans, you know, just, just want to see the Roderick Jones era begin, you know what I mean? Like consistently. And, uh, you know, getting him out <laughs> would be the way to do it, you know, for sure. So, yep, that makes sense. but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I did see the trade Norwood is, is a free agent. So, um, that would be interesting to bring him back. I, you know, I didn't think he was, he, he didn't play very, very much, you know what I mean? But, um, that could be somebody, but that's a depth guy. You know what I mean? They do, they do need, it does feel like they need receivers. I, I still would like to see Galvin Austin. You know what I mean? Gets, you know, internally, you know what I mean? Like, yep. why don't we look yep. at him yep. some Fire more? Yeah. You know, that's a little frustrating. And of course, Darnell Washington, you know what I mean? Like he's a, especially with Fryermuth out, you know what I mean? Like, why aren't we using him? I know he's a rookie and, you know, we got to bring those guys along slowly, but I feel like uh, the internal guys, like, why don't we just uh, use them instead of 
<laughs> instead of looking at the looking at making a trade. You don't have so. to bring them along slowly. That's just what Mike Tomlin insists on doing. Exactly. So yeah. It's, not, it's frustrating. It's like, come on. Man. Yeah, it is. Now it was funny because Kurt last week, uh, Kurt Popejoy brought up uh, Patrick Sertan as his like, you know, wishful thinking, you know, wish top of the wish list kind of guy. If, if the Broncos mm-hmm. want to move on from Sertan, but it's interesting. I'm seeing a lot of people. If, if you just like kind of look out there, what people are kind of, Throwing out against the board on what the Steelers might go after. A lot of corners, right? Like Adoree Jackson right. of the Giants is another name I saw thrown around. Uh, Jalen Johnson mm-hmm. of the Bears, maybe. He's another excellent corner who might be available if the Bears are looking to sell players and make another right. run at the top draft pick or top two draft picks, whatever they get going on. I think uh, Josh Uche is a, mm-hmm. if, if you're looking for a situational pass rusher, I think he's mm-hmm. on the outs with the Patriots and he's a guy that. I think he could be, he can't, he can't guard against the run. He sucks against the run, right. but he's a good pass rusher. Yeah. And the Steelers have had some luck with former Patriots. Um, not, you know, right, just yeah. not Gunnar Olszewski, but the rest of them. They, yeah, that's fine. what I was going to say, except uh, for Gunnar O. <laughs> so, it's, so it's interesting, like, could they add to the defense? Could they add a corner or maybe right. a wide receiver? Like, what's your gut tell you? What's the one position? Yeah, you yeah. I mean, Dory, I know, like, a lot of fans wanted, you know, the Steelers to take him in 2017. He's been kind of, you know what I mean, like hit and miss. I don't know that he, you know, I was, I was looking at his, at his numbers before the show, and eh, there's a yeah. lot of zeros there. So well, what worries me about Jackson is like they they started two rookies on the outside and moved them inside, right? Um, and maybe they just thought yeah. that's the best thing for the team, but it's like that's not a great sign if you're having rookies start over you. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and plus, even change of atmosphere. You know what I mean? Sometimes you see teams not do well in one in one market and then go to another club and. And they're totally different players. So, um, so yeah, we could, yeah. Patrick Sertan does seem to be, you know, the most popular um, kind of, like you said, throw it against the wall, see if it sticks, kind of, kind of deal. But, you know, we'd have to give up a lot. <laughs> you know, I don't know what they're with Denver's, what you know, what they want, or if they're even selling him or what. But, you know, it'd sort of be. I feel like it would be a, a, a situation sort similar to what we gave up for for Minka Fitzpatrick, yeah. and it, that worked out. You know what I mean? Obviously, but um, it would definitely. Be, I would think that the, I don't know that they would that they would, uh, you know, deal with any any other team without a first round pick in return. So, yeah, I, I mean, if I'm Denver, if, uh, I'm not trading. Like I've seen some people say, "Oh, Pat Sertan for a second round pick." I'm like, if the Steelers could do that, they'd pull mm-hmm. up a heist. Uh, if I'm Denver, right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, if I'm exactly. Denver, it's got to be at least a first round pick, and I'm not trading Pat Sertan unless I've I'm, I have some worry that i can't sign him for some reason you know like why would they trade right. that player i mean if you yeah get him, get him. it doesn't it doesn't seem to make much sense for denver to to get rid of him for sure so, yeah i don't know steelers are always interesting at the trade deadline we'll have to see what yeah. they do but uh that's going to come mm-hmm. right after this big ball game against the jacksonville jaguars Al- allison and i will be back to break that one down right after this but first here's some week eight fantasy advice from the huddle.com <laughs> Corey Bonini here with TheHuddle.com to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number eight. Quarterback Derek Carr, New Orleans Saints at Indianapolis Colts. Even though he has just one multiple touchdown game in 2023, he has gone over 300 yards in each of the last two contests. Indy has allowed the 13th most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. But that number is depressed from facing Cleveland and Tennessee. Four QBs have posted at least 21 fantasy points versus Indy this year, and Carr has the weaponry to make it five. Running back Raheem Mostert, Miami Dolphins at New England Patriots. Mostert rocked New England in Week 2 when the Pats heavily focused on keeping Tyreek Hill from owning them. 
In that first meeting, Mostert rushed 18 times for 121 yards and scored twice. The Pats have surrendered totally neutral ground numbers since that game, and the majority of success against them has come via the passing game. Even after last week's flop, Mostert has still played far too well to be left on your bench. Make sure to lock him into all lineups. Wide receiver Gabe Davis, Buffalo Bills versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. After a month of strong play, Davis has turned in consecutive fantasy flops. The Buccaneers present a matchup that profiles well for volume, but not so much for big play types like Davis. That said, it's tough to run on Tampa, tight ends rarely fare well, and this defense will have all it can do to slow Stephon Diggs. We like Davis's odds for getting into the end zone this week, and he's a pretty safe bet for at least 15 fantasy points. Tight end Jake Ferguson, Dallas Cowboys versus Los Angeles Rams. Ferguson comes off of his bye for a matchup with a top 10 opponent in terms of ease of exploitation, and he deserves a lineup spot in all weekly formats. The Rams have allowed three touchdowns to the position and 13.7 points per game in PPR on the year. But the kicker is that all of those scores have come in the last five weeks. This is the second best yardage matchup since week two's conclusion. Ferguson really could challenge for a top five spot this week in fantasy scoring. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. The uh, Steelers are coming home, actually coming home for a three-game stretch, Allison. This is a, a big stretch for the Steelers, right? They got, well, you got Jacksonville this week. Then you get a struggling Titans team on Thursday night football, and then you get that little mini bye week. Such a huge advantage if you could win on a Thursday night. And then you got a struggling Packers team coming back in here. So Steelers have a chance to improve on this, uh, this four and two record uh, that they've got. They're currently number five seed in the AFC. Now they're going to host Jacksonville, which is five and two atop the AFC South. They're playing some really good ball right now. Uh, what do you think about this matchup? What, what jumps out to you? Steelers, uh, Jaguars. Ooh, I'm a little scared. I'll be honest with you. I, I sort of, I sort of feel like it's going to be their toughest matchup since week one with San Francisco. Um, didn't expect Houston to be as, as crazy of a, of a matchup as that was. Probably but, shouldn't have been. But yeah, yeah, I mean, four straight. Winners are four straight. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence is coming to his own. You know, they, they have um, they have a great run game. You know what I mean? And uh, which the Steelers are just not stopping for whatever reason. As some guy, I don't even, it's, uh, it was like a, I think, Henderson, I think, was on the street from the Rams. Oh yeah, Darnell Henderson like, Jr. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he and he and he ran all over them. And it was like, what is going on? And McVay hates <laughs> you know Darnell I mean? Henderson. So, he hates that guy with a passion. He put him in his lineup. And you're right, Henderson was serviceable. Right, he was. So I'm concerned. I'm, I really have have a lot of concern if they can't, you know, stop the run that that uh, they're just gonna they're just gonna slaughter us at Akershire, which. You know, would be dis- <laughs> which would be disappointing because I still feel like I mean, you know, when when Steelers fans think about Jacksonville, you know, I mean, they're still upset about the divisional loss in in twenty eighteen. Sure. You think playoffs immediately? You know, yep. so yep. it's uh, yeah, I'm just I'm really concerned. I don't. Uh, it's it's going to be. A, I feel like it's going to be a really tough game, and I just I, I'm I'm generally optimistic, but I'm also realistic, and I just don't see them beating Jacksonville. To be honest with you. Well, yeah, well, we talked earlier about how the Steelers, I mean, they're four and two, but they don't feel like a four and two team. And I I don't think they're getting respected like a four and two team either. Right, Allison? They're home. Like they've been underdogs Mm -hmm. a lot, especially in these home, a lot of their home games. They're underdogs at home again. The Jags are one and a half point favorites coming in here. So they're they're Mm -hmm. probably the least respected four and two team out there. I mean, there's no question. Oh, I agree. By far. What do you think about that spread? Jags one and a half. Do you think the Steelers. You know, you think the Jags are going to beat them and the Steelers will have a hard time covering that thing? 
Ah, uh, yeah, it's gonna, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's gonna be more, more than that. Um, I'm surprised it's so low to be honest with you, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, Kenny Pickett's got to, you know, he's got to play, he's got to be more than fourth quarter Kenny. You know what I'm saying? If they expect to, to, to beat Jacksonville, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's the number one thing they, they got to figure out a way to start the game on offense uh, with a little bit of juice. Right. Uh, I do. I, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a close game though. Um, I mean, I, I don't oh, think, dear. I don't think Jacksonville is going to run away with it. Uh, are you worried about like a blowout kind of loss, like a, like a 49ers or Texans type of situation? I think this is going to end up being like another one score game in the fourth. Um, but it would help oh. if the Steelers could just play it from the start on their own terms instead of trying to play catch up the whole time. Um, right. But I just feel like, yeah, it, I feel like it's been so long since they've come out and just been on fire. You know, I, I can't really remember the last game they've done that. I don't think it was, you know, it definitely wasn't in the Kenny Pickett era. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which I say era and it hasn't really even been like, I don't know what, like 19 games or whatever. But um, yeah, I'm sort of seeing it's going to, I feel like it's going to be a, you know, I don't think it's going to be a close. I feel like it's not going to be a close game. I feel like it's going to be maybe, you know, 10 to 14 point difference. I think that's kind of what I'm feeling. Okay. No, I feel you. I feel you on that. I, I, for some reason, I just think the Jags are, they're good. I can, I get why you're, you're nervous about them. They're, you know, Travis Etienne and Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got, they got studs on offense for sure. You're going to have to score to keep up with them. Uh, Right. But you know, they, and they've been kind of a gritty little road team too. Like they had to play a couple games in London uh, mm-hmm. you know, they've been, they've been good traveling around and I don't think going on the road right. bothers them too much either, but they're still the, I still think they have a little bit of Jaguars in them. You know what I mean? Like I still, yeah, I don't think they're a juggernaut. True. I don't think they're a juggernaut. Um, and I, I just think with the way that the Steelers defense is, is playing, they can hang in there. But I, to your point, if the offense is going to wait till the fourth quarter, that it, that it probably won't work. Right. You know what I mean? They got it. They got yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, I'm not so concerned about the Steelers' defense as much as I am about the offense. I mean, I think that's kind of speaking for everybody. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, let's let's just get some consistency going. There would be nice. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> so, anything folks should be looking out uh, for on Steelers Wire, Allison? What you working on right now? Yeah, I'm still uh, still working on a couple pieces of my T.J. Watt interview, um, which you know is always fun. You know, talking to TJ, he, I have a little bit of uh, talk to him about, you know, the defensive player of the year conversation that's kind of floating around. It's been floating around, you know, since the off season. You know that he was a he was a favorite, and um, kind of have a some pretty good quotes from him about that. But I'll just tease that. I'm not going to give the, any of that away. Um, but yeah, uh, and you know, of course, you know, we have George Pickens and 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 uh, Doug Ferrar wrote a really good piece about how uh, Matt Canada is, you know, kind of, he's crediting Matt Canada for, you know, for George Pickens kind of turnaround, you know, they've, they've, he's had more explosive plays these past two weeks. He was sort of on the quiet side the first four weeks. So I'm writing a little bit about that and just kind of everything else, you know, that, that might pop up, especially after practice and they do some more interviews and things today. So uh, yeah, 
Always, always something going on at Steelers Wire, right? Of course, but a positive <laughs> article on uh, on Matt Canada. I mean, that is like a connection. Yes, right. I know. Article. You got to write about that because that's so few and far between. You yeah, know? Steelers fans <laughs> will really get that. riled up over that one. There's no question, no question right? about it. No question <laughs> about it. So, all right, excellent. Yes, yeah, Steelers Wire, of course, got you covered all the way up till kickoff and beyond, and the trade deadline. All that's going to be a busy weekend and weekend plus yeah. for you guys over at Steelers Wire, Allison. So buckle up. Looking forward to the coverage. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to the coverage. Yes. But uh, thanks so much for jumping on this week. I really appreciate uh, talking to you. Hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me. Anytime, of course. Uh, so for Allison Kohler, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us on the pod this week. We'll catch you next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.